When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 414, believe it or not, of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, back from my trip to the beautiful Shenandoah Valley. I am joined today, as always and forever, by my mainest man. He's in Easton, Pennsylvania, the home of Sammy Sasso, Larry Holmes, and White Collar Willie Sailor. Willie, how are you? I'm great. Kind of upset that you wore that shirt before me, but we'll get to that later. Thank a farmer. Yes. Um, make sure you thank a farmer today if you like food, if you eat it. To my left, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr., the pride of Calvert Hall, Baltimore County, Maryland, and his parents, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably. Your dad came to Who's Number One. That was my nice. My dad and my brother came to Who's Number One, which yeah, is a tradition unlike any up. other. You screwed it up by telling me. Screwed what up? You're an idiot. You're a goof. You told me. Right. This is on you. This Wait, is no on your conscience. No one knows what you're talking about, including me. We'll get to it. Introduce Kyle Brackey. All right, straight away, Stephen Kyle Brackey with the Eagle Freedom and the Bronco of... Hey, the Bronco's got a win. Yeah, and... The uh, Bronco of victory, we'll call it. I talked to Casey. <laughs> Classic <laughs> name drop. Um, was it Wednesday? And he You guys is, talk uh, on the phone? No, no. We were talking on Twitter. But he heard our conversation about what you get when you win the uh, Clarion Open and uh, the Edinburgh Open, and he wants Nomad and I to coach him in those Opens so he can win those things. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a great idea. I now, think- I don't know if he can do the Clarion one because it's in November and football is still very much going on then, but the Edinburgh one's usually in February. The rare February Open – we can get him ready. Can he enter the freshman-sophomore division? Is that one of those? That would help. We'll get him in. We'll get him in. We'll have uh, – we can rig the brackets, too, maybe for – I don't know. Casey Kreider's an NFL athlete. I'm pretty sure he's in good shape just at all times of the year. Yeah, I know, but <clears throat> I'm trying to stack the deck so he can win. The that's easier the wrestlers are to beat, the more likely he is to win. That's fair. Okay. Now – as mentioned and noticed, probably if you listened to the last show, I wasn't here, so I didn't get to get any of my who's number one takes off. Okay, and I don't have that many, but I have one. And I had, I was, I was listening to to the show, driving to the airport, and I was yelling at Willie, which I'm probably, which is probably common for many of you. You're probably at all times yelling at one of us, uh, as we do FRL, and I was yelling at Willie on the show. 
in my car in front of my family. So you'll know. So great. Who's number one was awesome. The the when the crowd was great. Uh, the kids wrestled awesome. Put on a great show. Was really pumped that it was at Iowa. There were a couple times I was like, I'm so glad we're here. I'm so glad we're doing it. At this, uh, the the crowd was just was uh, out of control. Good. So who knows where we'll go? Who knows where it'll be in the future? But I was super glad that it was at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's sort of scary when you move an event, right? I mean, me and Christian were talking about it in the off season. You know, I mean, in the summer, like where should we take it? Pros and cons, and so. It's it's a great moment when the event goes off and you're like, Phew. it's yep. it, it was fine, it was great, you know. Okay, now first match, so good. First of all, we got to talk. Ryan Jack's really really good. Really like him a lot. Shane Van Ness blew me away, but um, the very first match, Jesse Mendez, Ryan Jack, the end of the match. Okay, and I, I tweeted a little bit about the scenario, right? The the two for this guy, two for that guy, two and two, what's it going to be, right? Um, Jesse Mendez, I keep accidentally almost calling him Joey Melendez because we're going to talk about UNC's lineup today, but I'm not going to do it. His name's Jesse Mendez. Takes a shot. Jack exposes. Jack exposes him, and they ultimately call two for Mendez. Now, I'm fine with it, right? I'm fine with it. It's fine. I think I know where you're going, and I'm really excited. Okay. <laughs> and I heard my friend, yes, my colleague, Willie Saylor, say, you know what? No problem with it. Reward the aggressor. Yes, sir. Today, we're gonna re- we want to reward the aggressor. But around a month ago, in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, we were, Willie was team do not reward the aggressor. Mm-hmm. He was adamant oh. that it was too Zane. Adamant that it was. It's a crotch lift, guys. It's a crotch lift, guys. It's clear, too. So oh I just – and here's my it's thing. It's not even close. It's not even close to the same scenario. Well, it's a guy on a shot, a guy on a mm-hmm. shot exposing a guy, the guy who's defending a shot, crotch lifting a guy for two, Listen, I, Yanni, exposing him. Yanni was in on a shot. Zane had, tw- like, ten – it was a definite break between shot and counter. This was, like, one move. I okay. mean – I, I don't agree with that, but I guess the broader point is, this is a clear, this is a freestyle scenario that happens constantly. It doesn't just yeah. happen in these, the Yanni Zane two or Yanni Zane at the um, the final one at Wilkes-Barre or um, Mendez versus Jack. It happens all the time. It happens it all the time. Will. And I watched, um, they they made the call on the mat, and then Zach Eret and Sammy Julian, who are probably the most re- the most qualified officials in America, maybe the world. They watch this thing for five minutes. They have mm-hmm. to change the rule. They have to cha- They have to write something down in black and white, whether it says the guy who takes a shot, whether it says the guy who defends, or if you're exposing, it's two, right? If, if a shot and it's countered, that's two and two. They have to get uniform. Otherwise, it's just like dealer's choice. How does this ref feel? How does that ref feel? And I think I, I was fine with the call. I was fine with the Mendez if, if that's how they want to call it. Okay, sure. But the the logic applied 
from Willie and maybe the logic applied by refs elsewhere is like, how are you spiritually feeling about who we should be rewarding at this time? Because spiritually, it seems like it makes sense to reward this guy at this point in time. But very, it was a very clear crotch lift and roll through by Ryan Jack that he got no points for. So well, I don't, we I don't say, agree with that. We said when Yanni and Zane wrestled the first time that these situations are going to keep coming up between these two. And they did. And we can say that this scoring situation is going to rear its head all the time because it is. One guy's going to take a shot and the other one's going to do something. And yeah, it's going to look like two and two or like there's there's opportunity for there for to for somebody to say there's there could be two and two for each guy. It's going to it's never going to go away. Yeah. That, so they, they've got to there needs to be. And I'm curious for Nomad's take on this because. He watches more freestyle than everyone. I don't know the Pandora's box I could be opening by saying they need to put something in black and white, and I don't care what it is, but everyone should just know what's going to happen when you do the thing. When you take a shot and expose a guy and then you get exposed, you should know what's going to happen. Um, I don't like I don't like black and white in freestyle. I don't like situations where... I don't like situations where a guy... And this is kind of what I said for Yanni Zane, where a guy is flat like this, and another guy is kind of exposed like this, and there's no situation where this guy doesn't give up points. So if you're gonna make it black and white, I think it has to be the guy that is flat on his back is giving up points. Okay, who is flat on their back? In R- this? Ryan Jack in this case. Yeah. Zane in the other case. Yes. Okay. However, but degrees of exposure it, is is well, never discussed, right? Because you're saying like, well, it's 89 I'm degrees. Stu- I'm saying just think about the optics, right? If you're saying like, it's just mm-hmm. common sense, right? Like the if if everybody in a bar thinks it's a catch, it's a catch, right? If a guy's flat on his back, and you have a group of people watching, it's bad optics to go. Well, that guy couldn't have possibly given up points. That's mm-hmm. a little confusing, right? Yeah, I guess, but I think that makes then, it, to your that point, might make it more confusing. I don't know. And then to your point about if both expose, right? So if both break ninety, then it's just always two and two. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Well, why is that I mean, not two and two? On Listen, what situation? I, I think there's. What, does Ryan Jack? No, I'm talking what, about. But what I'm sorry, but I, I just want to say, Jesse Mendez does not want to expose there, does he? Does he want to roll to his back there? No, absolutely not. So there's got to be some no. punishment for that. If you, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're on a shot and you expose, I know. That, what I'm saying though is language, and this might be. Listen, I'm shooting from the hip here because I didn't really even know this topic was coming. But oh yeah, so I um, like it. No, I mean, what what is the language in the rule book? If you say, I mean, if you can obviously sometimes expose when you do a leg lace or a right. gut wrench, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just a language. How do you put that in? I don't know if you're if it's a neutral attack. Yeah, it would seem like, you know, in in most cases a neutral attack you should be you shouldn't really be. Exposing. The problem though is, if they do that, what if it's transliterated? Yeah, how would it be transliterated there, Nomad? In any number of ways. In any number of ways. So we could have any number of transliterations. And then you can see we're really really in a pickle. So that's the only thing I wanted to say about that about that match. I don't like that there's no way to know how it's going to be called. If it was clear cut, 
if it was clear cut, they wouldn't have looked at it that long. But the problem is, it's not. It's not clear cut, and there's really no way to know. And they just had to do their best guess. And I think, I think if you make a call on the mat, I don't know how you could go against it. And the call was for well, for Mendez, so that's fine. The beautiful thing about it, I mean, I, not the beautiful thing about it, but gorgeous thing. The thing, the thing that you were relieved about, and I was talking to Sammy on the phone last night, and I said, you know, I was in a tunnel and I just heard the roar. And I ran out and I saw what was going on. It was in review, and I'm like, "Here we Did go." Did you actually and run? I, yes, I ran. I I got some <laughs> got some speed. Uh, <laughs> but I saw the situation, and you know, it's not surprising. It's always going to happen. And I'm like, "Here we go." First match of the night controversy. But what I like that Sammy did and Zach did was they played it. They played it on the jumbotron, and they played it about. 30 times so at least at least the the fans and the crowd and, and the people online knew they knew they did their due diligence they looked at it a hundred times and they were like yeah that's really difficult to score so yeah. i don't think anybody walked away from it feeling like it was like like they didn't do their job like no. it was a bad call you know it was it was probably the right call it was the right call but you know people either way are going to get upset sometimes all right, Steve and Kyle, thoughts? I, I thought of the same thing, CP, when Willie said that. I just There wasn't a good time for me to interject and didn't feel like arguing about it again because it felt like we really beat that horse. Um, but I thought it should have been two and two. I, I, I didn't, it wasn't like... What's happening with bracket? Where's the... Are we really covering up the wave now? The completely jet bra black background but, for Bracky. Usually have the illuminated wave. Oh yeah. Are we are oh, we yeah, that ashamed of our history? I that guess we're so. We're <laughs> not. That we're covering. Yeah, we're already doing it right here with the with the TV. They cover up the thing. I didn't even realize. Yeah. It kind of looks like inside the actor's it. studio with Bracky there. I don't know. It's right. Between up. two ferns. Yeah. Between, ferns. Yeah. Between one eagle. Uh, okay. <laughs> so that. All right. So who who are the big one? Voinovich. Um, on top, double legs, power half. I, I thought that was like one of the most, for me, that was like one of the most surprising, <laughs> one of the biggest moments of the whole night was him being down 4-1. And just like, to to me, I, I look at that, I'm like, man, did they not watch a shred of film on this guy coming in? Because how do you go under that situation? That I, I can't imagine, that that's not a new thing for Voinovich to be a double leg rider and power half and dudes and, and wrecking shoulders. So why do you? We talk about it all the time the choice thing, auto bottom. Willie probably hates it the most. I mean, get your point. Okay, get the point, but you got pinned in a power half, so you got no there, points, man. and the match is over. And you're up four one. You're up four one. You were sh you, in two positions. You knew you were probably superior, or at least had opportunities to score. And you say, I'm gonna go into. Where I, it's at least at this point unproven how I will do. An area where I know Voinovich is good, let's go under there. That to me is like either no homework was done or just like foolhardy, like just, uh, just recklessness. I don't know why you would I, go I, under Voinovich in that situation. I've ran it on it a million times. Why go down, especially when you get two, you know, first. The first two takedowns, the only two takedowns. Or he, then, he had a takedown and a turn, I thought. No, it was two takedowns. Mm -mm. Oh, okay. Two takedowns. 
So you got you got you get two takedowns, and then you're gonna go down where you probably should know that Voinovich is tough, or you should if you didn't know if you didn't know that he was tough on top, then you didn't know. Like it, right? You you either either know a guy's tough or top on top, or you don't know anything about how good he is on top. Don't go where you don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it I may think, have cost the again, guy the number one spot. I mean, now there's nothing did. to say that there's nothing to say that Voinovich doesn't take top in the third and do that exact sure. thing. But sure. just the optics of going under that situation and then that happening is just like, whoa. I mean, he would. Yeah, the fact I, is, the fact is, he gets the turn, right? Takes him over, and then completely recovers. Completely gets back to his belly. Goes to the exact same thing again. So like, it wasn't like. Whoa! I didn't even know he had this. It's like he did it. Okay, clear it. Get to your bait, and then straight back to it again. Um, yeah, I, that was a kind of a mind blowing moment for me. And and hats off to Voinovich. Love the love the double leg ride, power half. Want to see more of it? Uh, reminds me of yeah, Lance Palmer and other studs like that. Yeah, I'm sure they would regret the choice of going down. And it, to me, it's it's not just one match. It's the it's the concept and the repeated use of it. It's you go into a position that you're either inferior or you don't know for the sake of perhaps scoring one point. Yeah, yeah, don't get it. To to me, the, I think the biggest stock up guy in all this is is Shane Van Ness. Watching him, I, I was I thought he's not just pace. I thought his his technique and his variety of offense was really impressive he doesn't have to i mean it is anytime guys like get dig themselves in big holes you don't necessarily like it but i i just think that's a credit to serrano and, and mendez who are just awesome awesome wrestlers right there's really good that group of four was super super talented group and i it seems like every year around that weight range willie you like i think i should do a group of four here and you've done it mm-hmm. many times and it's always good i think it was 38 last year was it with um, Tag and O'Toole? There have been four four-man groups. Three were 132 nope. and one was 138. And 38 was last year, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that weight range and that um, collection of talent just seems to yield awesome guys. The The best one ever was Pletcher, Red, Yanni, and Lamont in 132 and 20. I think that was 15 maybe, 15 or 16. Uh, so that was a great one. But, yeah, love that group of four. Patrick Kennedy, Carver – uh, absolutely exploded in that uh, in that moment. Him winning, I think Facundo's really, really awesome and going to have a great career. I just think Kennedy. The reason I thought he would win was I thought he just had a little more physical strength in him, a better positioning, and I thought Facundo would have a hard time getting to him. And I think we saw that. Um, I mean, we saw some amazing defense from Facundo actually, but. Kennedy threw kind of really strong uh, or a high volume of attempts and good finishing, but was able to get it done. So I thought that was a really good way for for the show to end, uh, sort of end. And we had the last one. Another thing I really liked is that, you know, I, I mean, I didn't think people would leave, but it was that 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 crowd was there for Hawkeyes, right? And they were mm-hmm. the most excited about. That. That match ended. Not a single person got up and didn't stay for the 132 uh, final, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And, 
shouldn't surprise me, but at the same time, I've been in thousands of duels where like the marquee thing happens and no matter what, people will leave, even if there's a good match after it. So I thought yeah. uh, that, was a, that was a credit to the crowd as well. And I thought the crowd, which was obviously very, very pro Hawkeye, was really pro the other kids too. It was just a good overall atmosphere for high school wrestling. I feel like they really just truly appreciated the wrestling. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, it was really awesome. And they, you know who else they got really behind was Ryan Sokol, who had committed, decommitted, um, and they were still behind him. So I thought that was cool. Great great who's number one. Love it every time. Thank a farmer. Great show. I like the uh, – I said on this show earlier, I like – I never really spent much time in Iowa City, and I liked this. I liked the the town more than I thought I I thought I would. Um, but good food too. Me and Christian, well, we both went to this this ch- what? Well, you didn't. You don't think there was good food? Oh, there's great food, but you didn't partake of the food. The food you promised America oh. you would eat. He's a coward. We, hey, how many no. how many things have you committed to that you just don't do? You just say I'll do it. And you just don't do hey, it. I committed, I committed to a keto diet. Mm-hmm. All right, pal. Really convenient. And I'm right really, really convenient. And I'm, you know what's convenient? Me, I feel great. I feel like one slice would right have now. killed you. One slice. I mean, even a couple bites would have been fine. Keto. Hold now. Hold on. Now, Bracky, listen to this. Mm-hmm. Our good friend uh, Colby Paxton. He was a keto guy for a while there. Yeah, I think still kind of is. Still kind of. Yeah. He dabbles in keto. Yep. You can have – it's not that you can't have any carbs. You can have carbs in, in keto. You have to limit uh, them. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, he's an, he is an expert. So – No, I know, but I don't think you can have it at the beginning. I think you have to – in the beginning, you have to, like, <laughs> purge. You can have them in the middle. You had – listen, you've been on this for a couple weeks. You could have it's had like, a like you could have weeks. had a slice of case. The bottom line is you could have had a slice of Casey's pizza and you didn't. And you told America right. you were going to and you didn't. I will have a America. slice of Casey's pizza at one point in my life. I will have a slice of Casey's the pizza. The promise to the people was who's number one. That was the time and the place that was discussed and agreed upon, and you didn't make the walk. Period. <sighs> well, I feel better for it. Well. Uh, on a serious note, we're glad that you're feeling healthy and strong. You have a better glow about you. I'll, I'll be honest. Am I glowing? You're, you're, no, I it's don't like, know. Your uh, skin looks better. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the shout out of my skin. Um, no, it's like I didn't, I didn't like I didn't lose really any weight. A couple pounds, I guess. But uh, I feel I like I feel better, more energy. Yeah, I used to eat a meal and just be like immediately like, damn dog, I need a nap. And now it's now I'm good. So Speaking of diet choices, the flow grappling guys are just chugging milk without with not, without ceasing. Why are they chugging the, milk? Well, they're trying to get bigger. Ryan Smith, you don't, I don't know, you never met Ryan. He's drinking a gallon of milk a day. He's put on like nine pounds in a week, just drinking milk. And Chase now Chase is on board. He's doing it too. I'm worried about his digestive system, but they're I'm, gonna. They're drinking all kinds of milk. You're on keto, and here's Nomad, Steve, and Kyle, and I just eating like just red-blooded American men day in and day out. Yeah, no gimmick diets here. No gimmicks. <laughs> I don't know, Becky. Your your diet may be a gimmick. You he, you broke out a, a can of Coke, 
I saw a Rice Krispie Treat. What else was it this morning? (laughs) Uh... I don't know. What are those? Gardettos? Yeah. Gardettos. That yeah. was Kyle's breakfast. He looks great. You yeah. can't you can't deny it. You can't deny it. He's just fine. All right, so it's 822 in Austin, Texas. Um I wanted to I've been wanting to do this thing where we kind of like count a countdown to the season. And but we wanted to wait until rankings came out. Rankings are out now. So I want to start doing like a countdown of like the top 20 teams kind of do like a little team by team preview starting with 20 working our way down to one i thought it'd be fun way for one it'd be good for you guys because you know kind of get the lay of the land all right here's the teams here's their contenders here's what could be happening with these guys but also i think it's gonna be really helpful for us to like really kind of go hyper focus on these teams these are gonna be the the contenders likely for Top 20 and top 10, and maybe even some of them will make big jumps. So I want to talk about these teams, starting with number 20 and working our way down. Um, it also is the first day of official practice today. Oh, this, yeah, that, and that's exactly why I am starting it right now, <laughs> which that's the timing. That's the timing. I figured it wouldn't make sense if they That were. was in no way coincidental. It, it was this, thought this, out. This bit <laughs> would make literally no sense if they weren't practicing. It would just be it would be completely pointless. But now that they're practicing, I think we can discuss this. Also, did we talk about how stupid it is they get like two weeks of practice of practice before before the season starts? It's preseason. Uh-huh. It's so stupid though. But all that stuff's like quote unquote optional. They're just like yeah, whatever. Number twenty. And these are in the the uh, flow rankings. Uh and I have actually I don't even understand how the rank. I'll have to check with Andrew Spencer Spay to make sure these rankings are right because I don't understand the nineteen eighteen. It seems like it might be wrong, but that's fine. Well, s- Oklahoma and uh, someone else are tied at nineteen, which may be where your confusion lies. Hmm. Oklahoma, North Carolina. Uh, yep, that's a typo. That is should Oklahoma should be number twenty because those are two different numbers. That's okay. They both say nineteen, so we're gonna fix that. That's not my issue, though. My issue is I don't think UNC should be behind Pitt, but they are. It's fine. Let's go to number twenty, the Oklahoma Sooners, coached by one Lou Roselli. Now, so what I want to talk about, give a rundown of their lineup. Um, I'm looking to you guys to chime in on maybe some potential breakout dudes or some roster battles or whatever. I don't know how many we're gonna really see. I put in some potentials for. Um, Oklahoma. So I'll give their lineup briefly, and then we'll d- we'll talk about it. What do you think? 125, Christian Moody. 33, Anthony Madrigal. 141, Dom Demas. 149, Zachary Zemer. 157 and 65, man by the Thomas brothers, Justin <clears throat> and Jeremy. Our man, Anthony Mantanona at 174, Electric Factory. 184, Darian Roberts. 197, Jake Woodley. 285 Josiah Jones, not Jake Boyd, but it would seem like probably Jake Boyd because it's been Jake Boyd. But Willie would probably know more about Josiah Jones than, than I would. Uh, Willie, thoughts oh, on the Sooners this year? Thoughts on Josiah Jones starting over Jake Boyd? This is according to WrestleStat. They have uh, like their projected starters in there. Well, both guys were really good in high school. Um I think Boyd was probably higher ranked, but Josiah Jones came on later in his high school career. But I haven't seen him in a in a in a bit. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Josiah Jones won that spot. I thought <clears throat> I thought Jake Boyd would be a little bit more impactful, but I mean he's still relatively young. What is he a sophomore? Yeah. Um, yes. So 
Uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Jones won that spot, but I haven't seen I haven't seen him in a while. Um, okay. You know, it's a lineup it's a lineup full of guys that were ranked highly in high school. Moody Moody has his shots. He was top ten ish guy. Magical at one point was top three ish. Demas, of course, the only one Zach Zemer. Um, I don't know. It seems like a kind of hole at forty nine. Yeah. It, what. Um, as far as twenty five goes, does Tommy is Tommy Hoskins a factor there or not yet? Um, I think he I think he could be. Again, I'm not sure exactly where he's at, but you know, Christian Moody has had his moments on the on yeah. the big stage, right? He's he he was knocking on the door for a while of uh, you know beating ranked guys and <clears throat> highly ranked guys. I mean, heck, it was his. As a sophomore, he had somebody dead to rights at Lezak. At uh, Lezak was it? Yeah. So I don't Actually, know. We'll Lezak had him dead to rights, and then he Lezak Lezak <clears throat> ran out of gas big time, and uh, but Lezak persevered and won. So as far as this team goes, um, I, I like to talk about you know how many All American contenders do you see? To me. I don't. I don't see much beyond Demas that's going to be a big threat for the podium. Obviously, we could always say Anthony Mantonona, right? Just in terms of talent, um, should be on the podium. But just his consistency, it's tough to to say. Yeah, you feel confident in it. Certainly, if he went nuts and did it, it wouldn't surprise me. I think Woodley at 197 is is in the mix. Although 197, though it's not amazing, there's a lot of it has a lot of guys. So he'll have to he'll have to improve to to get in there, but I think he he definitely could. He's been in the mix with a lot of these guys before. Um, thoughts Moody on, just yeah, go ahead. Moody just thirteen and eleven last year. Not um, great. No, no. I mean, that was after a year where he won twenty three matches. You know. Yeah. So little dip there. Sergio dip. Okay. So for the uh, for the Sooners, big big uh, moments on their schedule. They're going to Journeyman, Cliff Keen, Las Vegas, and Midlands. Goodness gracious! In addition to their Big Twelve slate, um, that's really the extent of their difficult duels. Other than, well, no, you and I is in the Big Twelve, so they're all all their tough duels are Big Twelve, and they're doing Oklahoma State twice. I don't know why they're doing that. I hate that so much. Why? Well, you gotta wrestle them twice. First of all, you're gonna see them in conference. Yep. Sec- second of all. Why would Oklahoma agree to that? Once is bad enough. You gotta do it twice. Although that would well, mean for us, um, we get to see like Demas G twice. I'm cool with that. They used to do it every year, right? Yeah, it's been like that, and then they stopped doing it because I thought they realized it was silly. But now they're doing it. It's fine. They can do it as they please. Uh, okay. The makeup of this team is interesting. Because, you know, Roselli made it clear that he wanted to get a lot of kids from Ohio, which they have Demas and then um, Hoskins, who they have Hoskins listed at 25 in the on the roster, mm-hmm. and then but oh, I'm sorry, I thought you had him at 133 there, but yeah, they're the it's three California boys. Two Ohio boys, mm-hmm. and then depending upon Jones, um, as many as four PA boys. Hmm. Okay. And then, at, like you were saying, they have 22 and a half points in our ranking, 
which 20 of that comes from Demas. Moody's 19 and 125. Justin Thomas is 13 and 157. Manthorne is 25th and 174, so that's probably no points. And Woodley is 17 and 197. So they're going to have to to get beyond that, like, 20-point range. One of those guys is going to have to make a big jump. Yeah, and I really – I think their, their fate is around the 20th spot, right? And that's with – if Demas doesn't win, I don't think they're top 20. So they're going to need that. I, I just don't see a lot moving. I mean, some of these other teams I can see really, really strong performances from multiple guys right there. I don't think there's signals right now from many of these guys that they're ready to ascend to the next. Normally there's a sign, okay, this guy's ready to break out. But I don't. I haven't really seen that with, when, with many of the Sooners. So I think around 20 is probably their fate. Any, any thoughts there, Bracky? Uh no, I totally agree with you guys. I I feel like one forty nine could be Jacob Butler. Okay. Um, but he also didn't wrestle a match last year, so hmm. well, he would have to do that this year to start. But Zemer wrestled one match too last year, so So he's he's got that mat time advantage. <laughs> yeah. And ultimately that could be what <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That was uh I would looked at one forty nine, I wasn't quite sure who it was going to be either i think also um you know when you look at when a new coach comes in right kind of you you never know what to think early on because it's not their guys well this whole lineup looks like guys that roselli has recruited so you know mm-hmm. full rosters his now and and now's the, the kind of the make or break time to start uh you know you've got your full guys in so we're going to see right improvement and making those jumps like we were saying for, for those guys that are ranked, for those guys to, to jump up and kind of give them more than that, that 20 points. You know, now's the time to do it. Is it three, year three for Roselli? Is that, that right? That's about right. Remember, remember when um, we were trying to figure out who was getting this job and then we found out it was Lou and then Willie texted him <laughs> to talk to him and instead of saying, hey, Lou, he said, hey, you, and he sent the text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was an all-time. Was that was an all-time moment. Hey, he, you! Did he hit you back? I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> Can't no, believe it. Remember. You freaking I offended Lou Rizzelli. I don't remember. Honestly. Hey, you. Uh, okay, that's the Sooners. Boomer. Now, number nineteen team. I'm pretty high on coming in this year. North Carolina Tar Heels, led by Coleman Scott, Tony Ramos, and company. Now. This team, I like this team. I'll give you their lineup. This is year four, by the way, of Lou. Oh, wow. So he's done three. Mm. Man, that went quick. Yep. Seems like just three years ago, Nomad wrote <laughs> Nomad wrote four to five different articles on this coach named head coach at Oklahoma. Or was well, that was Pitt? Th- or it was that was Pitt. Pitt. Yeah. Pitt. We've got like five or six in draft moded. Let me uh, see just, if they're still just in there. ready to go. <laughs> if they are, it's so funny. Um, anywho, let's get to let's get to the Tar Heels. Let's get to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. One twenty-five, Joey Melendez. One thirty-three, Jamie Hernandez. Forty-one, Zach Sherman. Forty-nine, Austin O'Connor. Fifty-seven, Mason Phillips. Top five. Sixty-five, Kennedy Monday or Josh McClure. Seventy-four, Devin Kane. 84, Clay Loud or Chasen Blair. 97, Brandon Whitman. Heavyweight, Andrew Gunning or Keaton Kluver. Now, 
Um, big big tournaments for these guys. Just Midlands is the big one they're going to. As far as dual schedule, obviously they'll have the ACC slate, which contains Virginia Tech, NC State, UVA, Pitt, Duke, etc. But they're out of uh, conference schedule. Michigan, Princeton, Arizona State, and Cornell. Very salty. So they're, these guys are going to be tested. They're going to have a really tough schedule. Um, and I really like the talent on this team. I know Willie really likes Mason Phillips a lot. Uh, Man, that, I, that I Arizona of- State. That Arizona State duel really like sets up pretty interestingly because they're both talented yet inexperienced down low. Both mm-hmm. of their middles are really tough. Um, mm-hmm. so that that should be a that should be a fun one. Did but, UNC beat them last year? Arizona State had a weird loss, I thought, last year. That was like, don't worry about it. I feel like they, we don't have yeah. to go to a trip down memory lane. Uh, no, didn't they? They lost to like Virginia at Virginia Duels, is what? Oh wow! Right, didn't they? It, let's not look it up. Um, let's talk about UNC a little bit. Okay, so for me, I really think Jamie Hernandez is going to have a nice year with thirty-three cleared out. Somewhat, I think he's a guy that can be a top twelve-ish guy with a shot to to make the podium. Curious what your your thoughts are on Joey Melendez coming into this year. I like him. I mean, uh, he started. He had a decent Midlands. I, I I like I like their first two, and I think even and Sherman's sneaky at forty one. Um, Tony Ramos text message. Yes, we beat Arizona State last year. Um, Melendez. I think Melendez and Hernandez are maybe the keys to how far this team goes, at least in a dual meet perspective, and perhaps uh, up a notch or two in in um, the, the tournament. Uh, I think they get them off to a good start in most dual meets, and I think Sherman – I mean, Sherman only had, I think, four losses last year. Uh, he beat some pretty good guys, including Joey Silva. Um, so – it's a good it's a good front three, and then you get to Austin O'Connor, who's a title contender, and Mason Phillips, who I think is going to be really solid. And depending upon Kenny Monday, I mean, their first group is like there's there's no real outs there. Yeah, twenty five through sixty five is or yeah sixty five. I think they're really really good. I mean, Devin King was round of twelve last year. He was like the yeah round something around the fortieth seed, but he still made the round of twelve. Been the low seed. Uh, one thing I'm curious about is they have they clearly have depth, right? Where because I'm kind of looking through and I'm wondering how many of these are going to be real roster battles, right? Um, could Heilman push Melendez, right? Could uh, Gabe Gabe Tag push Hernandez, right? Could Headley push Sherman? I mean, Headley Headley uh, Headley's a senior, right? Uh, are they gonna which way are they gonna go with Austin O'Connor and Mason Phillips? Sixty, you know, sixty-five. Um, <clears throat> Could there be right? You had McClure Kennedy there. Uh, Eighty-four. You had Blair or Lout. Uh, so that's you know Kansas, California. So I'm kind of <laughs> curious to see what I'm just. I'm going by the Oklahoma thing. Maybe think about the states of all these guys and the makeups of the teams. And obviously North Carolina draws a lot of guys from out of state. Uh, but clearly they have depth, which is when you are trying to grow a program. That, I feel like, is kind of the first sign that things are going all right. That, hey, if somebody gets injured or, you know, somebody starts falling off, 
we got we got a good guy coming and in Gabe right behind Tag, him. Gabe Tag's a true freshman, right? So mm-hmm. it would make yeah, it would not make a lot of sense, I think, to wrestle wrestle him. I don't. Yeah, especially when they have really good other viable options there. And also, who's even going to graduate this year from from their team? They're going to be super young, right? Are they going to start? Mm-hmm. A, how many what, seniors what are they even is, going to start? What well, year is Sherman? O'Connor's uh, Sherman's like going to be a sophomore or junior. He's pretty young. Here, here are the yeah, seniors Richard, on the oh. roster: AC Headley, Lance Armenta, which I imagine he will not start. Uh, Jake Mario, who I imagine he will not start, and Elijah Kerr Brown, who also likely will not start. So they will. So they could have potentially everyone. zero seniors. And then, then depending on how Sherman Headley plays out, you know, next year, then they could really they could wrestle tag. The other tag's coming, right? Mm-hmm. Julian. So they're going to be quite salty. Very good team. I I like the the upside of their lightweights. Um, Sherman, I think, is going to be solid. He had it. He Sherman's biggest thing was consistency, right? He beat Mitch McKee and then he got blitzkrieg by Mitch McKee and he had some weird weird losses so if he can just kind of reach that consistent level I think he's going to have a, a really nice season As I think they'll be a touch a good year. I think they'll be a touch better than like the 19th best dual meet team and I think they certainly have uh, potential to be uh, much higher than that in the tournament although that's you know that's well, depending on one or two guys getting it done Let's put it this way. If, if O'Connor wins and Mason is top five, as you predict, and Kennedy Monday is top six, as I'll predict, that three right there puts them in the top 12-ish probably, right? And that's yeah. counting no points from Melendez, Hernandez, Sherman, Kane, Lout, Whitman, and Gunning, who are going to qualify and mm-hmm. score points, right? Yeah. So I, Don't you I, think overall um, – I think overall the ACC is getting better. Well, yeah. I mean, AC, ACC, Heck I mean, yeah, it's dude. been better. I mean, it's been, in, in my opinion, like one of the second or third toughest conferences for a while in terms of like as good as NC State and Virginia Tech have been powers, UVA is always solid. Now the last two to three years with um, UNC coming around and now Pitt's coming, it's, it's nasty. And Duke every single year is surprising us, right, with – um, the guys they're getting on the podium and the, how, who they're getting utility out of. I mean, the ACC mm-hmm. continues to be uh, amazing. So this first group here so far appears to be kind of the upside tier, right, where Demas, right, the number one for Oklahoma, O'Connor number one for North Carolina, and then kind of talking about they've got four other guys ranked, but the highest one is Devin Kane, 15. So all those guys are going to have to, as we're talking about, make a jump to kind of push them above this 1920 range. As similar as they may look on paper, to me, I see two completely different teams. I see a team that needs Dom Dimas to win for them to be in the mix, and I see a team here with insane potential. Uh, that yeah. could, I mean, that could be completely wrong, but I just I look at the talent here, and I look at what I've seen of them in, in redshirt years and wrestling freestyle, particularly Hernandez, and I think this, this is a team that could – I mean, they could be top 10. I really think UNC could be be top 10. They may be crazy, but if you have a national champion, not a whole lot of other things have to go right for you to be in that top 10 conversation. If you look at how many points it usually takes to be in the top 10, uh, I, think it, I think it's doable. They'll have to wrestle to their ability, which is almost always true, but 
I think it's I think it's a really solid team. And then just you mentioned the recruits coming in. Uh, Will Guida, Gavin Kane, Cade Lout, so younger, couple younger brothers. They're getting all the uh, brothers. Lachlan McNeil, and then aforementioned Julian Tag. They got every Lachlan. brother. They got uh, every brother except Quincy Monday. Mm-hmm. What were you saying about Lachlan? <laughs> Lachlan? Really? He's been on a tear. He'll be at Super Three Two this weekend, and mm-hmm. I imagine he'll play Siley. And he is Canadian, so mm-hmm. get, mm-hmm. get get get. Andy, Andy has a little. Not sure how I feel about that. And he has a little brother. There you go. A little Canadian brother. Gregor. All right, uh, Steve and Kyle, thoughts on the Tar Heels? I think they're set up to be really good for the next few years. Uh, Coleman and Tony are obviously great recruiters, and um, they they had a lot of nice dual wins last year. You know, you beat Arizona State, they beat Lehigh, they beat Virginia Tech. Um, so they can keep building on that momentum. They're going to be force in the ACC. Conversely, I looked up Arizona State's dual they lost to Lock Haven, Stanford, um, UNC, UVA, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Excuse me. And then, you know, they got smashed by some good teams. Yeah. Wow. Pretty tough dual scene for the Sun Devils. <clears throat> I think th- think they'll be better this year, uh, in duels. But man, that's kind of jarring, considering how much talent they have on that team. What'd you say? You said uh, their schedule. So their schedule for UNC? Yeah. So they got the big ten or ACC slate of all those good teams, and then Michigan, Princeton, Cornell, Arizona State out of conference. Princeton will be a good one. Yeah. I mean, I think they'll all be – I think they're all going to be really competitive just because they're, they're good down low. Could see that Sherman-Silva rematch. Although, is, do we think Silva's going to go 33 this year with Michich? Um, out of the lineup and store presumably a better fit at stores out of the lineup stores out too stores. oh yes yeah. stores taking so he's kind of got his Mid- pick where he wants to go hmm where would you go all right let's be Joey Silva for a moment what weight class would you go I would go the weight class where I don't have to cut a lot of weight and also wrestle Seth Gross hmm that sounds like 141 to me. <laughs> like, like if I'm looking at you know the high level guys, you go okay, Dom Demas, Nick Lee, okay, you know Joey. Joey has always been super defensive, kind of bulldog, right? And if I'm uh, Joey Silva, I would much rather try to take on those guys at closer to full feed as opposed to going under Seth Gross or wrestling Austin DeSanto, uh, very hungry. True, but here's one thing I will say. And has nothing to do with Joy Silva and everything to do with bulldogs. <laughs> I do not think we can start referring to tough people as bulldogs. Bulldogs are, are... I'm not going to stand for the bulldog slander. It's not slander. I love bulldogs. Great dog. If I were going to get a dog, another dog, you know, I, may, I would consider a bulldog. Bulldogs are fat, lazy, Did you see? completely... No. They don't do jack. Stop. A bulldog Stop. would get run. fat. There are thousands of dogs... Breeds nope. of dogs that would decimate bulldogs a, a bulldog. Stop. Listen, Auburn was playing Mississippi State a few weeks ago. Okay, mm-hmm. Mississippi State has a live dog on the sidelines. Live bulldog, bully. Yeah, because and you know what? You can't have he, a, a a Doberman pincher on the sideline. It'll attack someone. You can have a docile. Listen. No. All right. He, the Auburn player, scores a touchdown, gets knocked out of bounds, like runs into the dog. 
like hit the dog pretty hard. Dog squared up on him, was ready to go. And also, Georgia's bulldog has tried to bite Auburn play, an Auburn player several before. times. Yes. Yeah. So don't give me bulldogs that. Bulldogs don't do jack. They're fat no. and lazy. All they want they're is calm. food. They're you know why they're called calm. bulldogs? There's so much better dogs. That, you know that, why they're called bulldogs? Tell me. Because they square up with bulls. That's you, the. That's yeah, the, heard it here first. <laughs> that's the history of. That's why they're called bulldogs. All right, you throw. Okay, that has been bred out of them. Maybe in the 1800s that is true. Now they're basically, they're just like hamsters that just eat a lot. They just hang out. The lovely dogs, great personalities. I have never met a bulldog I didn't like. You want to know why? Because they're friendly, and all they want is a piece of salami. They have no interest in fighting anything. And That's, I've been if, I'm Joey Silva, if I'm Joey Silva, I'm furious right now because you can do better. There is a better, scarier dog out there. There's Rottweilers. There's plenty of dogs that are far more intimidating, far more dangerous. You never read about a bulldog attack. A bulldog has never maimed a child, right? <laughs> it doesn't happen. It's, there's plenty of dogs that are far more dangerous. Are you, are than you a advocating for the maiming of children? <laughs> yeah. Why we, would that be what I'm advocating for? All I'm saying you're is you're like bulldogs never maimed a child. What what wimpy dogs? <laughs> that's oh. right. That's right. I want a dog so you that's out of Nomad, control and dangerous. You want Nomad to say Joey Silva? He's a real pit bull. He, yeah, Pitbull, Doberman Pinscher. Listen, Pitbulls they don't have bite they, children. Mike Vick, Mike Vick didn't have a, a bunch of bulldogs fighting each other because they wouldn't do it. They would just lay there and look for bologna to eat. Okay, they're not gonna fight. It's pit bulls. They've done Rottweilers. their fighting, huh? They've done their job. They've, yeah, they've you, done exactly, their fighting. Exactly. They're living off their ancestors' legacy of being tough, and they're just laying around. They're a bunch of silver spoons. It's not true. Fat they, dogs. They don't do don't anything. You're, you're so trash, and this take bulldogs. is trash. I love bulldogs. No, Listen, you don't. Hey, hey, hey. Like I'm no, you don't. Bulldogs, bulldogs are cowards. Bulldogs are cowards. Willie, can if we get? Listen, if you're a if you're a single woman. And you're living in a dangerous place or whatever. Are you going to get a bulldog? What's a bulldog? A bulldog would never protect you. It would just sleep and lay there. You need a you need a pit bull. You need a Rottweiler. There's so many Don't more tougher dogs. Bull. I'm sorry. They're not even big. They're just fat balls. Need, They're you, not fast. They're, they're not wicked. dangerous. They, you they need to come to my you. parents' house and meet their two bulldogs, and then you'll change your mind. They, oh, they will attack they your face. They will not. I'll tell you what they a, will they do. You what a I will get on the first thing smoking a park and pet your bulldogs. I need a three-man mechanics to overrule this take, and then Bracky can be the jury of appeal and also shut it you down can, after CP throws the brick. Listen, there's, there's, <laughs> there's data. There is data, I'm sure, to confirm it. And you know what? I'll, by the next show, I'm going to have – I will bring the data that shows bulldogs are fat, docile – Hamsters. That's all they are. And I love them. And wow. that's, that's what's lost <clears throat> in all of this. Cruz Jacob checking in on Facebook. Bulldog owner. They definitely are fast and will protect you. Fast, fast. Suck it. Faster than a no. Protect no. <laughs> I I say I say no. I say no. I'm they will not tell protect you, a you big as well. factor. A big factor in all this are balls. If you had your if you had your uh bulldog uh you know fixed Changes up the dynamic of all. I think that you've been around mostly fixed bulldogs because bulldogs with a full set. My entirely vicious. Got a full set. Okay. See, I'm happy to meet them. Yep. I'm happy to meet them. They're gonna bite your arm off. Though no, they oh, won't. Yes, yeah, they will. Only if it's covered in you know hamburger grease. Maybe then. Fat dogs. <laughs> Listen. All I'm saying. Is, the strangest. All I'm saying is he is. 
he is trash right now. This is this is it's a trash completely. Take. Joey Silva is a, a, a lot more dangerous than I don't a bulldog. Even know. Listen, all right. I don't know why one you're getting so worked up about this because I think it's funny. Um, <laughs> two, I'm clearly holy lord. Two, would you all agree? You all would have to agree with this that if you're going to choose a dog that instills fear and is dangerous and aggressive. The bulldog is clearly not the best choice, but it somehow has become the go-to one because it sounds like a really tough dog. But we have to acknowledge it is not the toughest dog, and it does not typify an aggressive uh, athlete. Well, you know right? what? Producer Caleb Blakeman just sent me the America's Most Dangerous Dog Breeds, and they are top five. Okay. Not, there you not, go. N- not number one. Not number <laughs> okay. One. But you said they don't inst- like instill any fear or toughness or anything. Okay. Anyways, these are fatal attacks from 2005 to 2017. He has 15 bodies. On what mice? See? No. He has more bodies than uh, the Chicago Mothman. The Pope Lake Monster. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just needed to get that get those takes off. I, I'm happy what to. In the same hell. I'll I'll do some more research on. Uh, no, Nomad, you were saying about Joey Silva. You think he's going to go 41? <laughs> All right. Uh, next top, Pittsburgh. Uh, well, I'm not done with UNC yet. Just because I went on a 45-minute rant about Bulldogs doesn't mean I'm We weren't even talking about UNC at that point. We were talking about Michigan. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> My favorite UNC wrestler, Joey Silva. All right. So that's UNC. I think they're going to be – I think they have a shot at top 10. I really – they have. I think they have a lot of potential. Uh, any parting thoughts on – the Tar Heels of North Carolina, Willie or Stephen Kyle. Go dogs. Yes. Go dogs. No, I just think they're young and very intriguing. Yes. How okay. these guys are going to – I mean, Melendez, Hernandez, O'Connor, Phillips, Monday, Kane. It's a good core. Good core. All right, number 18, led by Coach Keith Gavin, the nastiest arm drag in American history, maybe, perhaps. It's up there. It's up there. It's a top five arm drag in the United States. It's very high on the list. It is up there. All right. So, Coach Gavin and company will roll out. Zero. Zero time PA state champ. Zero time PA state champ. Now PA can't even get a guy. Now PA can't even get a guy at who's number one. You got world teamers. How the mighty have Not winning states. I don't know. Is it shots fired at your state? Is it the beginning of the end? No. Okay. All right. Well said. 125. <laughs> and that's the news. <laughs> 125. Brandon Fenton. Or Colton Camacho, maybe? 133. Or Ryan Sullivan, maybe? Or Ryan, yeah, also know. a true freshman. LJ Bentley? Who knows? 133. Mickey Phillippe. 141. Cole Matthews. 149. Luke Kimmer. 157. Taylor Bramani. 65. Jake Wenzel. 74. Greg Harvey. 84. Nino Bonacorsi. 97. Stout. And 285, Demetrius Thomas. Like this team, quite a few ranked dudes. Mickey and Bonacorsi, definitely the the top two wrestlers on this squad. Taylor Romani is still in college. He is still he is still taking classes. Why He's, is it that some guys just feel older? They it seems like they've been there longer. And for some reason, and for some reason, 
Stefan Mitchich, I just don't don't feel that way at all. Right. I don't feel like wow, Mitchich has been around forever, and, and he yet will, he has, and he definitely has, and he will have taken an Olympic red, two Olympic red shirts, a regular red shirt, and four varsity seasons, and yet I will still feel like he's a sophomore. I don't, I can't explain. Tanner, it. Tanner Hall could legally run for senator. Yes, yes, he might. He might. I don't know his political aspirations. But Taylor Romani, very much enrolled, still a college student and NCAA athlete, and the most backhookingest son of a gun this side of Dagestan. And of note, if for some reason Brendan Fenton is in the starter at 125, that would mean they have nine PA guys, which makes sense. So cool to see uh, Coach Gavin getting it done with the hometown boy. And a lot of them are Whippeal guys. Yes. Many, many, it's, many. I mean, it's good to be in the most, you know, quite possibly the most talented region of the country. It's not a bad place to be. I do think it helps. I've been doing some research on that. Not bulldog research, but uh, demographic Clearly research. Clearly I've not done your bulldog research. I've done enough. It's more observational. It's been in the field. Uh, not a big not a big reader. Uh, so what's your read I on this like, squad here, Willie? I feel like they got a lot of... 16th best guy in the country yes like I, I like and I, that's no that's no shade i i think that that's what people will see when they see this lineup and i think there's reason for optimism because i think coach gavin has raised all the boats in that room and i think that the culture there is better than it's ever ever been before in a long time and um i think that you know, being 16 isn't necessarily a bad thing, especially when I, I think Gavin will have those guys ready for March. And I think, you know, the difference between being 16 and being an AA is you steal a match or two. And I think they're, they're, they're much more in the range to position themselves to do that than they have been in a long time. So um, I don't see them incredibly high. In fact, I think UNC will be... Just on paper right now, yeah, I'm very confident that UNC will be better, uh, finish higher than Pitt at the national tournament, but trending in the right direction and with a lot of optimism. Well, I I think they do have. While I do agree, they have guys that are uh, on the edge of 17 there, as you mentioned. But I'll say Mickey Philippi, Nino Bonacorsi, Demetrius Thomas. I I really think those three guys place this year. Yeah. The Demetrius, you think? I just think I love yeah, Demetrius Thomas. I took him on my, I took him on my fantasy team last year too. I, dude's good, but that heavyweight's you know, monster. Yeah, uh, I take it back. He'll be round of twelve. Heavyweight is also a weight where if Demetrius jumps even a little, gets a good, you know, gets some good wins early, rides a good seed. It is not out of the realm of possibility. I understand what you're saying that it's freaking loaded. There's four junior world champs or junior world finalists here. Four? And yeah, Kassar. but no matter the thing. The thing about that is you're yes. you're right, especially with his schedule. Especially with his schedule, that he could have something like a two loss season or something and get a high seed. The problem is the weight's so loaded that in the second round he's going to have somebody legit anyway sure. that has six losses from the Big Ten. Mason Gable Elam. Who's the fourth? Jordan Wood. 
junior world finalist? Yeah. No. Cadet. 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 They didn't make juniors? Cadet world finalist. Pretty sure. We'll double check. Willie. Double check. Yep. All right. Uh, looking ahead, so they now have. Now the weight sucks. They have uh, two guys coming in for 2020 right now uh, Antonio Petricelli and Mick Burnett. Mick Burnett, we'll see in Super League 2 this weekend. And they also have Brock McMillan. Uh, Brock McMillan, another whippy old kid, young guns kid, uh, that we'll see at Super 32 as well. So uh, it's kind of small classes right now, but I'm sure they'll get a few more guys over the next couple of years here. Okay. Um, Stephen Kyle, you love Pitt yeah. so much. Cadet I figure like let's I just said. go straight to you and just uh, express your adoration. I'm going to be nice. Um more with the football and basketball programs that I have beef. Um, but they, I mean, I think the turnaround was quicker than people thought last year. Yeah. How about 13-3 and three in duels last year uh, with wins over Northern Iowa, Oklahoma. Um, they beat NC State. Yeah. Um, only losses to Oklahoma State, Virginia Tech, North Carolina. Um, so, yeah, this is a quickly improving program, and – one with the recruiting that they've done, getting guys like McMillan and um, Burnett is going to continue to go up and to the right. Both those guys are high upside. Yeah. Folk style problems. I, I love Burnett. Yep. So, I mean, I think that's a great signal. When you're winning a lot of dual meets, I think that's just a good sign that your ov- the overall level on your team is is improving. I think that's what Coach Gavin's done more than anything. So, that's something to be excited about in Pitt. Uh, parting thoughts, Willie. I think this is a, a team with top 15, top 12-ish potential. They need to get those three guys um, on the podium, but they can do it. Willie? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's encouraging. I, I don't think these guys are going to be world beaters by any stretch. I don't think they're, you know, they're in position this year to bring home a team trophy, but – I do, as being, you know, a PA boy, proud of PA wrestling, I'm really grateful for the job that Keith Gavin is doing because now everybody's solid. They have um, they have a good guy going at every weight. They, you know, in the past, they would have guys in their lineup that was be like, man, he's just not getting any better. Man, why? I can't. This does not seem like a um, hit caliber starter. And we've all said ad nauseum that Pitt is one, you know, in one of the greatest areas of wrestling, high school wrestling, so they should be better. And it's trending in the right direction. And so um, I think the dual meets will be highly entertaining, and I think they'll pick off a couple dual meet wins that you didn't see coming. And um, I don't think they're there yet, but all signs are pointing up. Quick uh, update. I just Googled, are Bulldogs dangerous? English Bulldogs are not dangerous, rarely show aggression to other dogs, and animals are kind to strangers. Veterinarians say the English Bulldog is not scary and is less aggressive than many other dog breeds. More to come. That's my preliminary research on Bulldogs. In pit pit news slash rumors, Kyle Snyder might be living in pit. Is Kyle Snyder living in pit right now? In Pittsburgh? I, mean, I don't think he's on campus. That is, that is a rumor I've heard. All right. Yeah. So. Okay. It's interesting. Now, it's 9.02. I don't think we'll do Virginia Tech today. We'll do, want to do well, Virginia no. Tech Tuesday. What? 
90210. Why don't we get to some questions from friends? We can do that. Um, Ian at Jagger712. Are you guys carrying all the Big Ten matches this year? Not all, but it'll be like last year, many. And when we know how many we'll have, you will know. But right now we don't know because they send us a schedule and then we know what we have. But we will have a lot of Big Ten matches. Essentially, every duel that's not on TV, uh, I think last year was close to 80, which is pretty awesome. That's Definitely, we'll have every single team in the Big Ten live multiple times. Oh, yeah, easily, yeah. And we'll have Big Ten championships up to the finals, which will be awesome, and uh, Midlands. So plenty of Big Ten flavor for you. Uh, next question. Uh, what will I ask? Uh, besides their current – I thought this was an interesting question. Besides their current school, what school can you see the following wrestlers having attended? i.e. best fit for personality or style. Zahid, let's start with, we'll just do it one by one, and we'll do whoever we could do. So, Zahid Valencia goes to Arizona State. What's another place you could see his style, personality, etc. fitting? Hmm. Also, we can't just say Penn State either, because it's kind of like the good answer for every guy, right? And I think they probably all... Yeah. Zahid has said that his... They said that if they didn't go to Arizona State, they wouldn't have went to Nebraska. But I don't know if Nebraska really. I don't has actually a, believe that. I think it would I don't have been know if like Nebraska. I could see him going to uh, Oklahoma State and crushing. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. see Zahid anywhere else. Wow, <laughs> it's unseeable. Well, if you hadn't restricted me from saying Penn State, I would have said Penn State for sure. <laughs> Sorry to put those restrictions. This on. is a man. This is a man who looked into the future and looked into his crystal ball and saw <laughs> a mandated, a mandated um, child reproductive service in Kazakhstan, but could not imagine Zahid Valencia in a, any other singlet. Yeah, that's correct. Spencer Lee. Can't say Penn State. Well, we can't say Penn State because that would have been totally reasonable. Yeah, all right, <clears throat> Penn State. It is Penn State. He almost went to Penn State. Penn State thought he was going to Penn State. Uh, the Lees thought he was going to Penn State. Fit-wise, hmm. Yeah, I can't, I can't as much see him in Ohio or Oklahoma State in terms of, like, fit. I, th I think Penn State is – It's tough to see him in either of those is, schools. I will do one more. have to be a – Big Ten school with his like physicality. Yeah. Mark Hall. I wanted to do Yanni. Okay. Him I think him in Oklahoma State would have been yep. fascinating. Oh my gosh. Yep. The elbow stuff that he does. Mm-hmm. Like not having. Like yes, also not having them. Get some dang elbows, Yanni. Get, for for crying out loud, for the last time, Yanni. Have elbows. Because no one can control him. Mark Is that Hall, why he's so good? See. You can't elbow control Yanni because he doesn't have elbows. That might be it. That's bullcrap. NCAA Mark, violation. Mark Hall, I think I could see at Minnesota. I could see him in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Mark yeah. is one I could actually see a few more places. I could see him in Oklahoma yeah. State for sure. Yeah. Honestly, I could kind of even see him at Ohio State. I We thought he was going to go there for a little bit. Yeah. 
it was kind of like sort of looking that way. I mean, maybe not, but it was kind of like there was a thought he would go there. Dayton's also a hard one as far as seeing anywhere else. I can't, yeah. Oklahoma yeah. boy's dad went there. Like, yeah. Um, Brad Cravens wanted to know how much weight you lost since being on keto, Willie. Like six pounds. That's really Five good. Pounds, six pounds. Six pounds. Yeah, I don't really care about the weight, though. No, yeah. that's just like a I signal mean, that things are going well. Yeah, yeah. It is good. It is good for you, though. To the, the less you're carrying around, it is a, it is a strain on all your systems if you have extra weight. So it is good. It's the knees. Well, I'm, I was more thinking the heart. Well, yeah, the heart too. But I'm saying carrying around <laughs> weight's bad for your knees. Yeah. Heart, don't forget something like that. <laughs> no, it don't. Thank you. Great, Tim McGraw-Pool. All right. Um, there are guys who we know are destined for greatness, a la Spencer and Dayton. And then there are guys who seem to come out of nowhere, a la Kassar. Who are some of the best guys to come out of nowhere? From actual Cannibal 1. I don't know if we should be reading an actual Cannibals. Because <laughs> it would be one thing if it said, maybe a cannibal, probably a cannibal. He is very definitive that he eats other humans. And I just read his question. So I should not have done that. I won't read any Cannibals questions going forward but at the same time it's a pretty good question and i'd love to know the best guys to come out of nowhere um it's is it is it only those kind of guys i mean is it only those two kinds there's not many guys that kind of flounder around and then they're okay and then they pop their head into a final right it's like well, I guess there are those kind of guys, like a Huda shell. Well, Machiavello so, is definitely so. Machiavello may be more random than um, Huda shell was absolutely the first one that came to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's, last yeah, that's year, not, Drew Foster. Did he didn't win a state title? Yeah, right? Drew, Drew Foster and Drake Huda shell are not the same people. That, I agree. That's correct. Yeah. Where are you going with that? No though? disagreement there. <laughs> what you can't say that. Drake Hudeshell came out of nowhere. This is a guy that was top 50 on the big board. This is a guy that had he was? multiple. Yeah. This guy, this is a guy that was like, he was an AA before he made a final. Oh, well, that's um, one thing. The one thing that when they have. Well, I mean, Drew Foster was an AA before he made a final. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Machia so then we're talking Ma- about like. Um, I think Drew Foster, Machia, my Machia Villa would never aid. Then we're talking about like Derek Moore. No, no, no. Type Listen, guys, I'm, I'm, never AA. We definitely, we definitely. I'm not. I'm not giving any pushback that Mike Machiavelli was out of nowhere. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Hudeshelt was not out of. was not out of nowhere. I think there's. I think there's more than two. It, there's more than two types. There's there's one that comes out of nowhere. There, there's one that was an elite recruit in high school, and there's one that was like a middle ground kind of paid his dues and eventually made a final. Right. Yeah, I didn't really. I thought I too thought that um, what's his name was kind of obscure. Uh, shell I thought he did not have a, a great high school career, or not. You know, he wasn't no. revered coming out. If he was top fifty on the big board, that is. No, he did. Well, you got it. You got it. I mean, in my opinion, there's a Hudashell that was mid, mid. I mean, I, I guess. What about Steve Bozak? If you look back, you could either you could even put okay a Bozak. Mm-hmm. You could probably in that middle bucket even put a Bryce Meredith. Um, yeah, but he Kyle was Cannell? like ninety-two. Yeah. Kyle Cannell's the far bucket. 
Kyle Canell's the out of nowhere bucket. Yeah, I was just looking at champs, but that's a good one. Ronnie Perry is a far bucket. Mm-hmm. The kid from Old Dominion that made a final that year, far bucket. Ryan Williams. Ryan Williams. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's good discussion. I think those are the guys that came to mind where, me. Willie, where Matt, was Matt Brown on, yeah, I was the, gonna say. on the approximate? <laughs> Matt Brown. He graduated high Matt school Brown. before big boards existed. Yeah, he graduated high school <laughs> before I did. <laughs> well, that makes it hard. Uh, I don't know. He was off my radar, to be honest. I mean, he was like, I don't know, maybe 90th. How about, here's one question. He certainly wasn't top bucket. Is he mid bucket Jesse Delgado? No, he because he, he did good. some stuff, but yeah. I don't know that he was NCAA recruit. He like did a NCAA thing, and then recruit. he was like seventh in California the next year or something. Something didn't something yeah. like that happen with Jesse? Yeah, and and then I think he won. Not that this is the biggest precursor, the biggest indicator, but. Then his freshman year, he won NCO. a decent NCO bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think him and Nashon were sort of in the same plane in that you wondered if they were going to be big enough. I didn't know if Nashon was going to be big enough. I know. He's so funny. All right, last one for me. Just I'm going, just going back. Um, where was Kendrick coming out? Because I don't remember. I don't really remember either. Which is dumb but because got, he was. Just, I think he was pretty he, good. He had to he have was been pretty legit. But he had to have been not super, super, super high because he was basically the same age as me. And I remember <laughs> I I followed everyone back then because I was in it. Like, like Jo, I knew Jo's whole ledger up and down yeah. because he was the same grade as me. He was also. And I thought he was. I was like, this is the best guy. He was also from Kansas. You know, I don't know how many national tournaments he did, but he certainly wasn't tested in Kansas. He could be one of those guys. You see that every now and again. But, yeah, to your point, I don't think he was there was much. But I think he was, like, a ranked dude. I think he did something. Yeah. Yeah, he was up there. I don't remember specifically, though. Okay. Um, I think we've done this one, and maybe we've talked about it before, but I want to do it again. And I may – uh. I may change my mind on this, and I would like to have both takes on the record. Therefore, I, I don't want to pick both. Ed Ruth versus Bo Nickel in their primes. Who wins? I don't know what I said last time. It's really none of your business. But I'll say right now that I think it would be Ed Ruth. I remember thinking at times when Ed Ruth was wrestling that he was the greatest folk style wrestler of all time. Okay. Which is not an accurate take. But, but that speaks to how good I think of Ed Ruth. Man, Bo Nickel beat the ever-living crap out of people for four years. He did, but not Ed Ruth. No one Ed Ruth caliber. Although he did beat Gabe Dean, who beat Ed Ruth. But, but I, I, I think, I, I don't look at it like that. I just think of the matchup. I think Bo would have a hard time taking him down. I think Ed would be able to get to his legs and take him down. I doubt either rides each other, but if one could ride, I would think it would be Ed. So I'll take Ed. Ed was good on top. He was ah, really good man. on top. And also every position in wrestling. Is there any shot they could fight each other? Maybe one day. Except no. no because Ed Except Ruth's fighting Ed's Darian Caldwell right now. 12 kilograms. Yeah. Oh, he got, that's right. He Darian Caldwell's fighting like 125. 
Yeah, everyone's so much smaller than they ever were. Probably because it's 47-hour weigh-ins. Yeah, 47-hour weigh-ins. You weigh in Tuesday, wrestle Saturday night. That helps. Okay. Uh, everyone else, please join in. Nomad and I have spoken. The table says Ed. I say Ed Rude, too. I, I just think he would... Uh... I, I'd say Ed, 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 too, but I feel, like, guilty about it because... You don't, <laughs> you don't feel great. It. There's not much data there that says... Bo Nichols going to lose to like anyone, but right. <laughs> right. I don't know. And I think that I think that sometimes things get lost between high school and college, college and senior. It's like you look back at Super Thirty Two brackets and you're like, "Oh, that's a good final, I guess." I don't know. I don't really remember that guy. But if you do remember back then that kid was like amazing you don't remember him because he didn't have great college success i think i think over time ed ruth will probably get lost in the pantheon because he didn't have great senior level success but when he was in college i thought he was the most fascinating dominant unbelievable college wrestler i've ever seen i mean right up there with the best of them yeah he was stupendous i don't know how much of this was Kyle Dake effect, but like I thought Ed was better than David at the time, even though David's numbers were, I mean, Ed's numbers were phenomenal, but mm -hmm. I mean, freaking David Taylor almost <laughs> scored a perfect score at the NCAA tournament, which yeah. is pin your way through. I don't know. Dave had some, yeah. Had I don't know. Guys. I mean, I, I think also, too, when you think about the the history of Ed Ruth, I don't think he'll probably ever get enough credit for freshman year beating Mac Lunas, who at the time was like, Number are one. you freaking kidding me? Mm -hmm. Like, are you kidding me? This 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 freshman just beat Mac Lunas? Bad. So, yeah. Bad. He beat – he his breakout was the scuffle where he beat Lunas in the semis and Heinrich in the finals. Ironic that it was at the scuffle. Why? Because Gabe Dean beat him at school. Oh, got it. Yes. How Tanner Lefevre. And that might have oh. been that might have been the last year that the scuffle was where Super Thirty Two is. Greensboro, I think Greensboro, you're. Yeah, possibly. You are. You are right. Because the sophomore year, David Taylor, I just remember he did the magic. He tricked the tricked the ref into thinking he had given up the wrist, and he got another tilt. And I remember distinctly that was at Chattanooga. For some reason, should uh, or Taylor Fever, how many current Hawkeyes did Nomad stand next to? It who's number one? Can you confirm <laughs> how much uh, Santo Teasdale weigh as of last weekend, and how Kim Dog looks up at seventy four? I did not stand next to Teasdale or DeSanto. Did not see them at all. I saw Kim Dog from twenty feet away. Hmm. Uh, I stood next to Spencer Lee. He is still one twenty five pounder. Yes. I stood next to Alex Marinelli. He is still a uh, uh, 165-pound bull. Mm -hmm. I stood next Hold to up. Sam Stoll. He is still enormous. And I stood next to Anthony Cassiope, who okay. is slightly less enormous. He's standing. All right. Those were the ones I stood next to. I think you stood next to more people who's number one, but that's fine. He said current Hawkeyes. Well, he said Sam Stoll. Um He's a current Hawkeye Wrestling Club. <laughs> okay. I Kim Dog looks huge. He is gonna be a great sized one seventy four. Great Dane. He could be a great Dane. 
which is probably more dangerous than big the big dog. He looked good. And you know what else, too? He looked happy. I don't know. If I, I mean, to me, that sort of resonates. That he's, I mean, he's not struggling through anything. There were some murmurs that he still might be lingering injury or something. I mean, you know, hearsay, message board chatter and stuff. I saw him. He seemed happy as a lark. Now, Christian might have something. He might look up happiest birds and tell me that, like, a lark <laughs> isn't one of the happiest. I don't have a... I don't, larks are known to be surly. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the first thing about a lark. I couldn't pick it out of a lineup. So, well, to me, no, I, you know I have no experience. I'm only gonna speak on things I have experience with, a la bulldogs. Yeah, so I, you know, to me, look happy as a lark, or maybe your insert your favorite songbird here. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that's big. He's he's happy. He's big. He's healthy. Uh, For example, so. if you said blue jay, I would have taken offense. You know, because blue jays are are dangerous. They will dive bomb your head. They're very territorial birds, um, but no lark, no issues there. Perhaps a rock and robin. I don't know what they're gonna do with Desanto Teasdale. I didn't think Desanto looked much bigger. I, I feel like that's a guy that probably stays within his fighting weight at all times because he probably burns in the range of fifteen hundred calories a day at minimum because yeah. he just doesn't stop. The thing was it the Hawkeyes or was it I one BTN put out yesterday? Bracky? Yeah, that I was awesome. BTN they strapped a camera to Desanto's chest and they went on a run. And after, like, the coaching staff, like, dismissed him from the room to, like, start the run, he's just shoving everyone out of his way. <laughs> yeah. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's pretty – it's uh, vintage DeSanto. Uh, so you got him, uh, Teasdale. I don't know what they're going to do. I think they should 33, Teasdale, 41, DeSanto. I but, bet they will do whatever's best for the Hawkeyes, <laughs> which I don't know the answer to right in. now. Okay, wow. I have stood on the uh, Teasdale to 41. I could be extremely wrong. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I don't think he's that big. Um, okay. I This is the last question from Brad Bowles. Should wrestlers that did not medal at Worlds in 19 but qualify their weight in March also get a bye to the semis at um, Olympic trials? No. Ooh. Ooh. There's a big difference between making a medal match and reaching the finals of Pan Ams. That is correct. That's Big true. Okay. Guys. Yeah. I'm I was thinking of like, you know, if they go to the last chance things, but they won't have done that at that point. But okay. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. But like, here's here's the here's a scenario. Pat Downey goes to Pan Ams, makes the finals, sits in semis. That's what you guys want to happen? Well, I want the weight qualified, so yeah, I don't care. If someone sits a semis a round or two, who cares? All right. Sorry sorry to go back and dunk on this. Kyle Rochelle goes to Pan Ams. Kyle Rochelle goes to Pan Ams. You want Kyle Rochelle sitting in the semis? I do. I want Kyle so Rochelle in the semis. I actually do, too, kind of. There you go. All right. Speaking of which, the Greco Women's Freestyle have put out their procedures to choose the who is going to the Pan Am Olympic qualifier. Men's freestyle has not yet. Is theirs what you would expect it to be? Like, uh, I haven't looked at the women's. They're basically all the same. It's world world 2019 world team member gets first choice, which kind of goes in line with how they normally do things like that. Bill Zadek's like, hmm, how can I write David Taylor onto this team real quick? Uh, okay. Or so, Jaden or, a, yeah. All right, 
Parting thoughts, uh, things to discuss before we go. I'm having some crazy thoughts about FRL. Crazy plans. I haven't even talked to you guys about them yet. Well, this is this is what we do. We often talk about plans while we're on the I show. Know. So let's make it happen. Uh, all right, I'll do it. Should I just put it out there? Just put it out there. Just put it out there. I kind of want. I kind of want to do. A, I want there to be. I don't want to say. I want to do FRL five days a week. I want there to be FRL five days a week. We got a lot uh, of work a, to do to make that happen. No, we a, don't. Yes, no, we that, do. no, we don't. No, we don't. Curveball. This, this is a big. big it's a big curveball. But and even to me, especially internally, what we have talked about the last two weeks. Uh, but no. I, you, you know, I, uh, you can't stop me from talking too much. I, I'll talk every day. I'll do. I'll be like six-hour show every Listen, day, five days a week. We've got a deep hey, coward. We have a deep bullpen here. Is my point. I think uh, people have long said uh, they wish this show was more often. I think it could be. We could not do it five days a week collectively, but we've got Spay and Bray and other capable people I think could, could spell Ray. us. Ray. Do it. Jay. Jay. DJ. Mm-hmm. We have all these guys. Their names all rhyme. Trey. Trey. They could do FRL. LJ. LJ. Yeah, thank you, Caleb Blakeman. So all these people, I think it would be awesome if we had them on FRL. So I think we could do it. If I we get on FRL five days a week, we're going to have Caleb on. We're gonna have Caleb, yeah, Caleb, and Travis, Peter, and who knows? We could have. We have Colby any, will be on at some point. Maybe Bader, maybe Mike. Who knows? But I think it can be done. I think it's possible. I think the people want it. I think it'd be good for for all parties involved. So that's all I'll say. I'm thinking about doing that. Um, obviously, I haven't talked to it about anyone. It's just been something in my brain for um, a couple of days, and now I'm thinking about it. Do it. Maybe we do it. Maybe we do it. Nomad's not on board, but um, who cares, right? That's fine. He's he's trying to deny you extra FRL people, so all complaints go to him. I'm the one that has to get the dang show No, up. it's not. No. No. You wouldn't have to. Spade knows how. Everyone has access to the CMS. Okay. It can happen. All right. Caleb Blakeman, we're ready to go. Thank you so much for tuning in to 414 episodes of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. That number could start growing very quickly if we go to five days a week. It could happen. Maybe we change up the times. Change up the personnel a little bit. Mix it up. Mix and match. Some willing, some not willing. Maybe we do FRL After Dark. FRL After Dark. Yeah, I, would, yeah, I want to do a night version. Flow FR- After Dark. FRL After Lunch. We could do it after or before. So many things. Just think about it. Possibilities are endless. There's so many hours in the day. Can't wait. We could do it at every uh, 8 a.m. in every time zone. (laughs) So eternal FRL because it's 8 o'clock somewhere. We're huge in Singapore. That is true. Untapped market. Thanks so much. We will be back next Tuesday. Maybe Monday. Maybe this thing shifts into gear right away. Maybe Thursday. Maybe Friday. Maybe Saturday. Maybe Sunday. And then we'll do it again starting Monday. That's hey, right. I, I think it. we should declare we need a we need a petition. Should we declare Bulldog as the FRL mascot? Yes. Yes. Hey, Three gets one. Hey, you're out of here. No, Super actually, dogs. I vote yes. I love Bulldogs. I love Bulldogs. Would love them to be a mascot. They're a friendly fat thing that loves to eat meat. That's fine. No, you Th- ranted on them. I love them. No, no. They don't this is going to be the first time the FRL outro Hashtag. ended. It ran out of music. <laughs> Hashtag yeah. Team Bulldog. 
See you Tuesday. Thank you. Watch Super 32, you morons. Yeah, you better watch Super 32. Come on. Later.